Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Welcome to this special edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. This week is a little bit different. We had initially intended to have Jodi Flynn on this podcast as an amazing woman for Women's History Month. But the economic conditions in the U.S. have driven us to take a special time to work with our clients and talk about what's going on in the economy and why we think, yes, we will eventually recover. We hope you enjoy this edition. It was a live event, so you will hear some background noise and you will hear some questions that some of the listeners actually asked. We hope you enjoy this session. We hope that if you have any questions, you will send them our way. And we hope that we are providing you with information that you can use in your daily lives to get through this very volatile situation in the economy and the stock market. As always, if you have any questions and you'd like us to add those questions to our podcasts, to our blogs, to our social media, please feel free to send those questions to info at rootedpg.com and we will be sure to make sure we get those questions answered and always feel free to reach out to us. We hope you enjoy this special edition. Please stay tuned as next week, we will have the amazing Jody Flynn on to celebrate Women's History Month, where she will be talking about her book and celebrating her fifth year in podcasting. Thank you again. Sit on back, grab your favorite beverage and enjoy the show. So we hope you're all home, you're comfortable, you have your favorite beverage in your hand. Yes, of course, I have mine. Uh, of course, it's a Finger Lakes wine, so you'll see me sipping on that from time to time. We're gonna walk you through some items on what's going on in the economy, in our opinion. Um, if you don't already follow our blog or our social media, be sure to subscribe to some of that so you can stay up to date with what our thoughts are regarding this. And as I mentioned earlier, please feel free to use the chat box to post your questions um, and put it in Q&A, whichever, whichever location you feel most comfortable with. Thank you for everybody um, for spending your evening with me. I'm hoping to keep this somewhat brief, but in depth enough to get uh, some additional education out there. So let's get started. Um, let's, let's take just a moment and talk about the fact that there's a stock market economy connection here, and that's what's going on. I know that seems sort of like a duh, Amy moment, but I wanna explain that, I'm gonna walk through that. So just a quick introduction to that, and then we're gonna move on to what happened, how did this spiral so quickly, um, how does that compare to other shocks, and then why will it come back in our opinion based on both fiscal and monetary policy. So what happened? Basically, the global economy came to an unexpected halt. Often in a recession, we kind of see things slowing up, right? So I won't say that we can predict a recession in any given way, shape, or form, but often we see, as a general rule, a slowing in the economy. This particular event happened very, very, very quickly. So it was unexpected halt, and it was global. It wasn't here specific in the U.S. It was throughout the world. In the U.S., the last count that I read, there were 65,000 cases and, and approximately 1,000 deaths due to this virus. Attempts for containment have shut down the service and travel industry. You guys already know this. And then furloughs and layoffs in excess of $3.3 million occurred. That's the news that we got this morning. Ironically, 
the market, the stock market, actually reacted quite well to it on another up day. So it's the third consecutive up day that we've had. But the reason, in my opinion, that that happened is because it was data. Prior to information starting to come out last week, a lot of the, the trading was based on fear. In fact, we often tell people that in the short term, that's what is happening with trading. It's fear or greed. And when they didn't have any data at all, then it's like laying in bed at night imagining the worst is going to happen. So data starting to come out. We heard $3.3 million people filed for unemployment claims. Now that was more than um, expected at $1.5 million, which was expected. The previous week was 282, which was also more than expected. And if you recall, the market actually started up that morning and then ended up finishing down. But it wasn't based necessarily on the news of the unemployment claims. Now, this is a peak. This is a landmark, I should say. The peak during the Great Recession was 665,000 in March of 2009. Remember, that's when the correction started to happen. So when we start to think about all of these people being out of work, obviously that's going to affect our economy. And the stock market is thinking at the same time, how is that going to affect our um, earnings news that is going to be coming out? And that's another reason why markets have been very volatile in other, re- uh, other natures, because companies just are not issuing guidance whatsoever. It's not that they're not issuing um, some revised guidance. They're just saying, we don't know yet. And again, that unknown data causes fear in the market. So what are what what do we think we should do right now? Well, first of all, we want everybody to be safe. We want everybody to be following the CDC guidelines and, and be safe, especially if you're at high risk. We want people to take reasonable steps, but not to panic. So I know that's really challenging. And if you're at high risk, I'm sure it's very scary. But we want people to take a step back and look at those guidelines, follow those guidelines, and be safe. If you've lost income, we want you to evaluate what can be used for emergency funds, what programs are out there. And we're going to dig into some of those policies um, that are out there. We want you to be proactive. If you have debt, we want you to be talking to your lenders because they're all over at this time. That's one of the things that we learned from the 2007 and 8 debacle was that Lenders weren't proactive enough with people. And so we want people to be very proactive in this particular uh, recession. And we want you to take advantage of some of the low interest rates and, and potentially refinance during this period of time as well. And when it comes to the investments, we want you to stick with the plan. We want you to keep a very diversified portfolio. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. Okay, so what is the stock market economy connection? Well, let's first define what is a recession. It's a period of economic slowdown. We know the slowdown is going to happen. Some of the estimates are going to be are that it's going to be absolutely brutal come second quarter, maybe even into third quarter. Um, but what we've heard this week, you know, as I mentioned earlier, those unprecedented as unprecedented claims. Yeah, Seek tonight. I've only had two sips of wine, so it's not bad. Um, durable goods are up in February, interesting enough, but they were actually down year over year for the 10th consecutive month. So that's not a new thing. That's something that has been looking back over time. And they were actually up about 1.2% versus the expected decline that was um, supposed that we expected. So that was something that was very interesting. Mortgage app applications actually declined this week as well. And part of that is because rates actually went up a little bit. And also because of the social distancing, people just aren't going to their financial institution and getting the refis. And we think more and more people are going to be getting refis. That's something that we're looking at with a lot of our clients, looking to see if they should be refinancing their existing loans. And that, that's that's not just the mortgage. If you have an auto loan, you may also have an opportunity to refi at this point in time. You'll see the picture on the screen that says um, how not to deal with scary markets. And the economy has the same dips and the same peaks 
that the stock market often does. In fact, the stock market is often a leading indicator that the economy is going to have a recession. Um, so I thought Carl Richards actually drew this uh, behavior gap is um, the name of his company. And he is known as the sketch artist. He has a lot of writing for the New York Times. And I thought that his picture was very um, timely in nature. Uh, but one of the things that happens when you follow what he has on here is I want to sell here, but I plan to get back in when the market clears up about here is we've actually um, we've taken some studies from other mutual fund companies in this particular case PIMCO that shows that exact action and that's why we say stay in a diversified portfolio this particular portfolio is a 60 40 portfolio so if you stayed in this portfolio during the 2008-2009 correction that happened and you continued to keep a 60-40 portfolio, then your portfolio would have been $100,000, as you can see on the chart in 2006, dipped down considerably in 2009 at the lowest part, and then came back uh, to about 111,000, almost 112,000 by just leaving it sit there. Now, if you were that person that decided to bail, if you want to call it that, and then get back in when it was equalized, it would be worth about 93,000. So you, the, the part of the rally that was missed was the biggest part of the rally. So you never actually got back to, you know, the full $100,000 by taking the money out and getting back in when it got, got better. Uh, as they say. So that's one of the biggest reasons that we want to say to people, look, this was a very, very quick recession. Uh, it, it is unlike any other recession that we've ever experienced because it happened very quickly based on the data that was coming out on a daily basis. Most of the people that are talking about this did not expect this at all. In fact, I was listening to a webinar this morning by SEI and like many of, many of the uh, economists that are out there, they never saw this coming either. In fact, the U.S. market was, although it had slowed down, was pretty strong. And I think, honestly, that's probably what kept us from, will keep us from going any any further. So we wanted to show this because I know that in markets like last week, there was a lot of fear and hopefully people understood how important it was when we kept saying, don't react right now, wait, don't react right now, wait. Keep to the plan, keep to the plan. So moving on to a comment that the Federal Reserve Chairman made today. This was a comment that was actually made today and I highlighted what I think is the most important part of his quote. So at a certain point, we will get the spread of the virus under control. We believe that. It, it may be two weeks from now, it may be six months from now, but at some point in time, we're gonna get that virus under control. And at that time, confidence will return. Businesses will open up again. People will go back to work. And so we'll see significant rise in unemployment in the short term and a significant decline in economic activity. We're already seeing that. But there will also be a good rebound on the other side of that. So they're looking at things and they are coming out with guns firing is what I would say. And I, I know that they keep saying our arsenal is we have lots of stuff out there. So um, why do I think it will come back? Well, first of all, I think that the monetary policy, which are decisions made by the Federal Reserve and the fiscal policies were quick. Again, comparing it to other recessionary periods of time that have happened, there was a delayed reaction many times in their in their policies, sort of letting the market kind of come around to um, its normal ebbs and flows. This time, the, the Federal Reserve stepped in, the government has stepped in and made some sweeping changes early on in the recession. And if you'd like to meet, read a little bit more about that, there is a link that I've provided and I'm gonna download these slides if you want it, um, so that you can actually go read a, a bit more detail of of that particular issue in the Monday morning quarterback that came out. If you sign up for our uh, Monday morning quarterback, you'll get those kinds of things in the future. Another big reason is that spending habits of this country will kick in. 
Uh, people will need to buy essentials. And my guess is there will be a pent up demand for small and large purchases. We're creatures of habit in this country. And I think once we're on the other side of that, the spending that was delayed is definitely going to kick in. And history tells me that our our economy will recover as well. Even back in 2007, when there was a fundamental problem with our banking system, which does not exist today, um, there was a shock that happened. Other recessions, there was a shock that happened. So no shock is exactly the same and, same and no recovery is exactly the same at all. But in this abnormal, what I think is an abnormal recession, I think we're truly going to um, come out of it, even though it came out of the blue because of the all stop production globally. I honestly think that, you know, will we go into a depression? I, I don't think so. Uh, in my opinion, this, the, the policies that are being put in place because they're so fast, because they're so swift, because balance sheets going into the recession were strong, I'm not saying it's going to be six months, but I do think it's going to be a fairly uh, average or quicker than average recovery. This, the typical economic recession is about 1.3 years. That's what it typically is. So if we even went with that, we would say that by next year at this time, we would be looking at recovery. So let's dig a little bit into monetary policy that has happened and then a lot into fiscal policy that has happened to just sort of back why i feel this is true with monetary policy again that's what the federal reserves decisions are fed funds came right out and was reduced almost off right out of the gate right so the federal reserve came out and said we're going to reduce rates we're going to take it down to zero or target zero we're going to relax our, our target rate. And then they were going to feed in about a trillion dollars of liquidity to the market on top of that. Then they came out and said, we're going to do quantitative easing, which was buying $500 billion of U.S. Treasury bonds and $200 billion in mortgage-backed securities. Again, feeding some liquidity into the market. And then, then they came out and said, we're also going to support or provide support to commercial paper funding, which is your money market type accounts. There's been some fear, or I've read about some fear about money market accounts, you know, potentially not being able, uh, being liquid because of this commercial paper funding. And so now they've come out and said, we're going to provide support in that arena as well. So those are the monetary policies that have already taken place and they can buy more. They can do more quantitative easing. If you recall back in 2008 and seven and eight, that was, they were doing Q1, Q2, Q3. That was quantitative easing to help us in, in that particular market. Now digging into fiscal policy, and this is where there's been a lot of talk and a lot of uh, commentary and also some fear that it possibly wasn't going to go through. But prior to the CARES Act even being discussed, there was an $8.3 billion bill for Health and Human Services and CDC. That was early in March that was put through. And then there was a delay of the April 15th tax due date to July 15th. Now this includes the first estimated tax payment that's normally due April 15th as well if you make estimated tax payments but it does not include the June 15th estimated tax payment date. So just be aware of that, that penalties and interest would apply if you don't make that June estimated tax payment on time. The IRA contributions also are extended. So that due date got pushed also uh, out until, April, until July 15th. So for individuals trying to come up with their tax payment and their IRA contribution, that got pushed out also to July 15th. Now, one thing that people should understand is it's a pretty darn good chance, but the CARES Act still does need to be approved by the House. The Senate passed it last night, still needs to officially be approved by the House. Um, so I just wanna preface that by anything that I say going forward, that that's where that bill is at. One of the other things that was mentioned or one of the things that was mentioned in that bill was also for, if you have not take, taken your required minimum distribution, if you're over age 70 and a half, um, or 72, depending on when you turned uh, that, your, your RMD is waived for this year, so you don't actually have to take it, allowing your money to sit there and recover a little bit longer. 
Um, also, this CARES Act is going to allow for participants to access cash for emergency, waiving the 10% penalty. So um, if you need cash from your retirement plans for some particular reason, then that 10% penalty, it's still taxable, but the 10% penalty is going to be waived. And this will also raise the ceiling on 401k loans up to $100,000 um, or 100%, whichever is less uh, from your 401k if you, if you need that money for some reason as part of uh, the impact that you've suffered. The CARES Act is almost 900 pages. So guess what I was doing at four o'clock this morning? I know, get a life, I get it. I've had a lot of people tell me that tell me that. But for me, I really wanted to get on top of what some of the um, items were in this particular document. Um, of course, I haven't made it through all 900 pages, but I have read a fair portion of it in and out of, in between meetings today, um, early this morning, tried to pick out the most important parts for us to talk about tonight. I don't know that I'm going to have all the questions or all the answers to your questions, but hopefully I can provide you with some information. So first of all, this is a $2 trillion stimulus bill. It was unanimously passed. Now that's really important because unanimously is a big deal and especially in our Senate right now. It includes the well-promoted uh, $1,200 per person, $2,400 per couple, government check for individuals making under $75,000 or for married couples, $150,000 with some phasing involved in there, and I won't get into the minutia of that, but then there's also $500 per child. It also includes, and I'm gonna get into more detail, loans to small businesses, assistance to the airline industry, assistance to the cruise industry, hotels and restaurants, it's a big part of that bill, and then another 1.7 billion to hospitals and veterans healthcare facilities. It specifically under the uh, CARES Act under unemployment, there is an additional $600 per week. And this is one of the reasons why we think the market will, or excuse me, the economy will recover a bit quicker because there's this flood to people that are unemployed, uh, an additional $600 per week for up to four months, plus the normal amount that you would get for unemployment. It also includes something very, very unique Normally, unemployment is not available to the self-employed individuals and contractor under the CARES Act and the gig economy. The CARES Act, this is actually included. That's a big deal uh, for our economy. And then the waiver period where you normally have to wait was actually waived. Another big deal when it comes to unemployment. So people can immediately apply and start receiving unemployment. Under the small business side of things, the SBA loans, which are obtained from banks, there is an expedited process for this. There is about $350 billion written into this uh, bill for paycheck protection programs. So it's up to 250% of employers' monthly payroll. There is a tax credit for retaining employees, 50% of of wages paid during this crisis for businesses that are being forced to close or have seen their gross sales fall by 50%. This is a really big deal. Um, and it also is delaying the payroll tax payment for employers, giving them time. It's actually pushing it into 2021, giving them time to continue to make the payment, the net payment to the employer, excuse me, excuse me to the employee, but pushing out the payroll tax to the to the government. Again, a big deal, really helping those small businesses. There's also $454 billion written into this bill for new lending agency. Um, the Economic uh, uh, Injury Disaster Loan Program, which is a low interest rate loan program for small businesses and nonprofits. And that's really, really, really important important for people to know if you're on any boards, if you know any nonprofits, and they have been economically impacted, which I think almost all nonprofits are going to be, they qualify for this loan program as well. And then they have this uh, SBA Express Bridge Loan, which is up to $25,000 of temporary uh, loss of income, which is something that you can get while waiting for the SBA loan decision. This is really important for small businesses to know. We know a lot of our clients are either employed by small businesses or 
they are a small business and we want them to know about this. And we also think because of this, this is going to help the economy recover a little bit quicker and businesses aren't going to fail. Uh, you know, it's usually that gap period of time that people have to go out of business. If they don't have any kind of income to continue to pay the employees and the lights and all that sort of stuff. We also want to mention that there is a multifamily uh, portion to this. Uh, there's a moratorium that has been issued on evictions, especially in large city. Um, there's about a $1 billion um, emergency solutions grant that is expanded for um, rental assistance. There's about $35 billion for state housing uh, financing agency and another $5 billion in immediate um, emergency grants to help local governments fight for homeless. Moving into uh, student loans, for those of you that know somebody, have student loans, have um, anything around student loans, uh, payments uh, are likely to be suspended until September 30th without interest and without penalty. So this is the suspension, this suspends the collection of default debts as well. And that includes uh, if there's a garnishment on your wages or your income tax return. So if you know somebody that's in default uh, and has delayed filing their income tax because there would be garnishment on that or their wages are being garnished because of defaults on student loans, that will be suspended through September 30th as well. At least that's the way I read it. Uh, the big one, and this is a really big one for our clients that are on public service loan forgiveness, during this period of time, your payments are also suspended. And initially, we were worried about it not counting towards your public service loan forgiveness time. But it came out and said, you will not be penalized for not making payments during those next six months. So your time still counts. And again, it's without penalty and without interest. That's a really big deal. Um, this does apply to federal held loans only, not private loans. So for those of you that have both, it would only be your federal loans that would be applicable. And the things that we've been thinking about in maximizing that is that if you have student loans and you can continue to make the payments, what we would love to have you do is to stop, allow that deferral to happen on the lower interest rate payments and take the money that you're paying collectively on the higher interest rate payments and make the whole payment on that because we might be able to get your higher interest rate payments really hammered out during that period of time. Remember, there's no interest and there's no penalty, so the full amount of your payment is going to go on the principal. We want um, that to, you know, sort of that snowball idea uh, to happen. And, you know, I'm sure given the time to think about it a little bit more, I'll get even more creative when it comes to utilizing some of that. So what are we doing now? We continue to focus on the long term. Um, I've been looking at a lot of our clients' investment holdings. I've been running models. I've been looking at where we might be um, reinvesting in the future based on risk tolerance. I've been making notes in clients' accounts that when we do hit that recovery, you know, talking about changing the allocation, so reaffirming investment policy statements. Certainly, we want to keep an eye and review liquidity needs and make sure that that's being taken care of. We absolutely want to stay diversified. And if you're putting money into the system, we want to continue that process of staying diversified. We want to continue rebalancing. And the key to this, too, is that we want to consider taking tax planning strategies into place. If you have a non-retirement account, this is a perfect opportunity to look at some of those positions that in the past we haven't necessarily wanted to sell because of capital gains. Well, we can look at that now and potentially take those and take the capital gains on those. And I'm sure we are probably going to find some capital losses that we could offset. And so taking that money and selling off the position and turning around and putting it in a very like position, but a different holding so that you can take those capital losses in this year and maybe even carry some of that forward. We don't want you to get out of the market. We're just simply saying that if you have one fund that's very similar in nature, 
to go ahead and sell that and, and put it into another fund. And that's some of the stuff that we're doing behind the scenes and trying to review our clients' portfolios and, and, and taking advantage of that. We do not think the volatility has ended. We think that's going to continue. The VIX is still extremely high, and the VIX is a volatility index. It's extremely high still. We get nervous, and I shouldn't use those words. We get we raise an eyebrow when the VIX starts to get up into the thirty-point 30, um, range. Uh, it actually peaked at about eighty a couple days ago. It was trending somewhere in the twenty range for a long time, and it just it blew through those fences. Um, over the last couple of weeks. So obviously we want to see that come down and we can see that come down considerably. Then we'll know that the volatility is, is slowing up a bit. So the next few slides I'm going to um, run through super quick. It's more on the disclosure side um, about our company. We're an SEC registered investment advisor located in the state of New York in satellite offices in Parrish, Florida and Valent, Oklahoma. Um, then there's ways that you can contact us. And most important, we want to be here and have a glass of wine with you this evening so that you can ask any questions that you might have. I'll try to answer them if I can. If I can't, then I will certainly do some research and get, get back to you. So I'm going to allow, run down through it and allow all you folks to talk. Um, you can unmute yourself if you want to, um, if you, uh, down in the lower right hand corner, you should be able to unmute yourself. I think it's actually, it might be the left hand corner. Uh, if you do have any questions, if you can't unmute yourself, then you're welcome to type your question and I will certainly, um, do my best to answer it. Hi, Amy. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Aim. Um, great presentation, and thank you for um, staying up and reading all that information. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is kind of a silly question, but I have a certificate of deposit that's coming due next week. Um, I have no idea what um, what the interest rates are going to be on that right now, because um, I figure I probably should wait just before they it renews to see what I want to do. But I'm assuming, like, should I pull it out of there and wait and see what happens before I reinvest it or? Well, I think it depends on what, you know, what the need for that money might be. That's the whole liquidity need. Um, you know, looking at situations where if you're going to put it back in the CD, I would be in very short duration, you know, because okay. interest rates are going to be very low. Uh, if you're not going to use the money, then it could certainly go to fund some of your other goals. But it, as you know, I typically like to see at least three to six months worth of um, expenses readily available. And liquidity right now is at a you know premium. I mean, I you know I know cash isn't earning you much, but boy, it's really stressful if you need money and you have to sell it when it's down. Oh, so I would keep it very short in duration if you do lock it back up, and you know. Um, you could also, it might not even be worth it. The premium might not even be there. A savings account might have the same interest rate. That's a question. To right. Ask. Okay. Well, this is the emergency fund, you know, yeah. so, um, okay. All right. Thank you. I would keep it liquid. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, a question came up that it says, I assume that we have not seen the end of the high volatility and may see it dipped back, I would say, the, see the Dow back to 19 before the recovery. I would not be surprised if that happens. I think the lows may have been formed, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see days where that's tested. So um, we are looking at, you know, again, the portfolios are down um, as a general rule, even balanced portfolios are down. We are looking for opportunities where we can um, certainly take those tax planning strategies into consideration at this point in time. And so uh, I, I do think that we could see that, that tested before our recovery. I could be wrong, but I think, it, I think there's just going to be some blips in fear. If you look back, I'm going to go back to the slide that showed 2000 and um, eight and seven during that period of time, there were a lot of um, dips in, in, 
and starts and stops throughout that. And I, I recall um, at that point in time that people thought, you know, this rally is, as this mentions right here, this rally won't last, right? And, and there were starts and stops and there have been starts and stops since then. You can see what the market has been doing. Uh, I, I think in this situation, and, and even if you look back during the decline, you know, there was these dips that kind of kept coming back and forth. So I suspect we're, we're yet to see, I don't think this is the, the, the recovery yet on the market side. Um, we had a question. It says, speaking of refinancing, my daughter was just able to refinance her mortgage down to 3.5%, saving $150 a month. Yeah, we're seeing, um, we did see interest rates dip even lower. Uh, last week, they went back up a little bit, but we are continuing to see, uh, I think we'll continue to see mortgage rates and refinancing opportunities pop up. Um, it de Depending on when your mortgage is actually going to be due, we're also looking at home equity opportunities. And, and even though usually home equity rates are a little bit higher on a 15 year versus a mortgage on a 15 year. So we'll still do the math on that because if you have to pay closing costs to refinance, then sometimes a home equity with a little bit higher interest rate is actually the better deal. Or if you have money sitting on the sidelines and you can pay those closing costs instead of rolling them into the refinancing, then it still might, might, might make sense to do the refi. So we're doing lots of analysis on the refi to seeing what that break-even point is and seeing um, if it makes sense for our clients. We're trying to go through all the dashboards. It's, it's a, it's a sl slow process, but we are trying to go through. We think rates are going to remain low for a little bit. So we are reaching out to people and asking them questions about that if they do have some, some debt. Any other questions? Well, I'd Hi, love to, oh, go ahead. Nancy again. Um, yeah. So I'm just kind of curious your take on this. So this morning I was watching the Today Show with Stephanie Rule. I think she's great. Um, and she was talking about the fact that people should not view this money that's coming, the 1200 or 2400 as some kind of bonus check and that it really is needed for expenses but if you don't have the expenses that you should bank it. I would say that's part of the emergency plan, right? So for a lot of people, as you know, Nancy, being the money honey at Cornell Cooperative Extension, um, <laughs> a lot of people don't have an emergency fund set aside. And so I, I, would, I have been saying to people that have been asking me that question, put it, do, you know, put it aside. You don't know. I mean, yes, lenders are willing to work. We don't know how long this recession is gonna last. Um, put it aside for help, let it fund your emergency fund. Let that be the money. And, and if you don't need it, well, allow it to continue to be your emergency fund. So yeah, we don't, um, we don't want people to go out and spend this money. I, I know that the government does, that's the fiscal um, side of it that they're, they're hoping comes out of it. But if you don't have an emergency fund, we want you to allow this to be your emergency fund. Um, question came up about school loans are not required. Let's see if the school loans are not required or penalty assessed through September 13th, can payments be made and designated principal only? Yes, payments will be principal only. That is, an, that is one of the, when I was talking about student loans in general, that is one of the strategies that we're talking to people. If you can afford to continue to pay, back to student loans, to pay your student loans, we want you to do that. Um, because all of the payments are going towards principal at this point in time. So it will be designated as principal, but the interest is being suspended. So that is now something that is going to happen. All um, interest and penalties on student loans are being suspended. So it is a huge opportunity for people to get ahead of their student loans. And we're, we're looking at those strategies a lot for people to own it. It's a great question. That could save thousands of dollars. It's amazing when you think six months isn't, you know, what's six months? If you have six months of no interest accruing and you're putting all that money towards principal, that will save you thousands of dollars in the end. Hmm. 
other questions, concerns, anything that um, you've had heavy on your mind or that your friends and family and coworkers have had on their mind? The biggest thing that we want to say to people is, um, you know, reach out to us. We, we are trying to, to reach out to all of our clients and be proactive. Um, we are going down through our client list. If, if we haven't talked to you, we will. Um, but certainly if there's something heavy on your mind, feel free to give us a call. Feel free to email us. Um, we will, we, we, we are looking at things uh, behind the scenes on a, a minute by minute basis in some cases. Um, we are trying to stay on top of it. We can't communicate uh, as much as we wish we could in some situations, which is why we're trying to do events like this and we're sending out newsletters. But we want to hear what your questions or concerns are because if you have them, probably other clients do. And we want to be able to get the answers out to you as quickly as possible. Obviously, as more becomes available on this particular bill, we're going to be sending out information uh, to clients and, and sharing that. Our small business clients, which like I said, we have a lot of, um, this is a big deal. And you know, we really want you to dig into the details of what you would be eligible for if you're going to be harmed in any way, shape, or form. Uh, if you are continuing to make payroll, then these interest rates are, are fairly low interest rates on these loans. And there is a possibility of you know, more legislation coming out around these loans if, um, if you continue to make payroll. I'm not, you know, I, things are not solidified at this point in time. I just know that there's a lot of discussion around making sure that things continue, people continue to get paid. They don't want, what they don't want to happen with this um, unemployment part of the bill is for employers to actually lay people off, right? They'd rather that you continue to pay them so they're incentivizing employers to um, continue to make those payment with that huge tax credit, which is a big deal. You're talking about 50% of wages being a tax credit. That's a big deal to a small business. Huge deal. Um, Amy, can I ask one more question? Certainly when, when the... Um the stimulus money, the $1,200 goes out. Is that based on the 2019 or 2018 tax return or how do they know what, who gets it? <laughs> I believe, and Nancy, this is one of those things that I need to verify. Um, I believe it's going to be based on the 2018 because not everybody has filed yet, right? Right. So I believe it's going to be on the 2018, but that is a question that I will have to do some more research on and confirm. Well, I'd love to know what you all are sipping on uh, to end on a fun note. And if this is something that you think is useful of your time, we can certainly do this more often. Uh, I love uh, sharing knowledge with all of you and getting to, to sip on a glass of wine at the same time. I don't normally get to do that. Would love your feedback. Would love to know what you're most interested in. <laughs> Casa Largo. Okay. <laughs> Another finger lakes, right? Um, in all seriousness, I know this is a very scary time. And um, I hope that if we can, um, if you have any other questions, you can ask us. Um, there was another question that came in and said, what about the small business owners who take low um, less than 600 weekly payroll should they go on an unemployment? Um, it depends because I think the math needs to be done uh, to see which is more beneficial. If the, if the loan to you as a small business, that, that credit that I was mentioning, let me go back, um, get to the right page here. If the, if the benefit to the employer from a tax perspective is greater, then it might make sense that you don't lay them off and you take the, the loan and pay the small amount of interest rate. And um, my understanding is that, and again, this is some of the stuff that needs to come out. This is not supposed to harm your rating, your unemployment rating. But that's some of the details that I think are going to have to come out of this, right? Because 
normally when you have a high unemployment, you so under the normal world, I guess you want to say, your unemployment rating is based on how many claims you have. If you have zero claims, then you have a really low unemployment rating. So the question is, how is all this going to ultimately affect your rating? Now, the $600 extra per payroll or per week isn't supposed to affect your rating anymore because that's something that's being put as a stimulus. But the question is, how is this ultimately going to affect your 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 um, normal rating? And that's something that's still coming out coming out into the details. So I, I think the answer to that just mm-hmm. depends. And then. Hey, I do have a question. It kind of goes back to the first question I asked though, if you don't mind. Um, I can't help but think that the, um, okay, the, the recovery or the $2,000 in Dow, we saw, you know, jump up almost three um, is kind of, uh, I don't want to say artificial, but it's results of the government action, which is great. Don't mean it's good. Uh, I can't see it continuing to hold for, you know, three, four months, which is not, you know, not pessimistic, not, you know, not optimistic either. Um, how long this recovery is going to take? Uh, any, that's kind of why I asked the question about, do we think the, the bottom is going to, you know, test out again, like you just I, asked. I, yeah, I think we're going to see a, a lot of back and forth. I do think that mm-hmm. um, this is certainly helping, and I don't. I think it's what's going to keep us from going into a deeper recession and a depression. Um, but I don't believe that. I don't believe we're in. A, I don't think what's happening right now is a sign of a recovery. I think it's what drives the market in the short term is, is you know, emotion. And so you think you're just flattening the bottom a little bit. Yeah, I, I do. I think that's what's happening. I think that we're we're going to continue to uh, to have very up and down markets during this period of time, probably for a good uh, you know six months is my guess. Because yeah, I, I I can't see it recovering any faster. No, I mean the the news isn't even out yet fully of how this is going to affect the economy. It, when you have well, you take all the service industry, I mean, literally everybody and all those people that, you know, that um, they normally would spend money with, they don't have any money. So now they're holding back, uh, it's crippling everywhere. So, yep, got to be. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, even though they're getting the stimulus money, that's going to get them through the period of time. If you know, 1200 bucks. Yeah. yeah okay. If you know the service industry, I mean, you get that plus you're going to get unemployment plus you're going to get this extra 600. But in the service industry, you know that people live off from tips. And so yeah. that money isn't being replaced. Right. So they're still being highly affected. Um, you know, my husband and I are a perfect case of the situation of normally we drive home on the way home. We stop at a hotel. We go out to dinner our drive home is going to be like a straight drive home. You know, we're not, we're going to stop and get gas and use the restrooms if we can. And, um, you know, we've got to, we've got to do a, a 22 hour drive back to New York um, or where we end up staying here longer. So, I mean, it's, but even if we stay here longer, we're still not out. We're not out going out to dinner. We're not spending money in the economy like we normally would. So absolutely. I think this is going to be a bit, um, a bit, at least we're going to know more coming into April and May about how this is affecting companies. And like I said earlier, companies aren't forecasting. They, they, that's one of the things that traders they can't, they can't, that's right. They they got no data. Yeah. So that I think is going to, as data starts to come out, you know, that's going to have some impact on the markets. Um, the other thing, you know, is that even though like China and and Taiwan are starting to come back online, you don't come back online quickly. You know, this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. I, as we've been sitting here tonight, um, this is something that um, that just popped up in my newsfeed. It says U.S. overtakes Italy with over 80,000 in Corona cases, becoming the epicenter of the global outbreak. I mean, this is the news that just came out nine minutes ago. Mm-hmm. My suspicion is, you know, that's going to that's going to create again, you know, fear. How are we going to control this? Is this going to shut down more? Again, in in um, 
you know, how is that going to affect the travel industry? How is that going to affect flights? That's why part of this bill was specifically focused on the airline industry because those people are hugely affected. Um, you know, I was supposed to go out to a conference in May and that's been canceled. And, you know, I, they've been great about giving me credit towards the cost of my flight. But can you imagine how inundated those people are right now just trying to figure out where, you know, where, where are their jobs going to be if there's nobody flying and where are their jobs going to be if people aren't checking into airports. So it's definitely, there's definitely a trickle down effect for sure. And, um, you know, based on other sort of shocks to the system that, and again, it's, there's ne there's never been anything like this other than back in 1912, which a completely different market than, we are in now. Back then, that was more the the U.S. market that was affected by influenza. Now we're a global market, and that slowdown is is definitely going to impact the. Well, the scary thing about that was it took till World War One to recover. So that God help us there, but that's not going to happen anyway. Yep. Right. Right. But you know, if we're just starting to see. You know, if we're if we're only one or two weeks into this, and we have two or three more weeks to go before this gets containment, then we've still got more time on how this is going to affect our economy. And that's that's why I'm saying like we're we're going to know more in April and May when some of the some of the um, the actual figures start coming out from companies. I think third quarter is going to be. Brutal as well. I mean, I you know, it's going to take companies and and the economy a while to get back online after that. You know, the the recovery is very likely going to be a year to two years out. And I mean, the full recovery that we're talking about. Yeah, agreed. And that's of course my opinion. You know, I don't, I don't. Thank I don't, you for doing this, and it is oh. worthwhile. I think I speak for a lot of people out there. Great. I'll mute now. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. We want to know what resources you want, and um, and we certainly uh, want to be available for you for any of this uh, information. I'll continue to read um, and and give you my opinion and uh, interpretation of what's coming out as it comes out. <laughs> and I hope you all do get a chance um, to enjoy at least a little bit of sense of serenity uh, in your location. I hope you are all safe. Your health continues to remain safe. And please keep us posted if there's anything that you need from us. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.